0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: Bailey is tracked down for a short loss. Jamarco Thomas. It's like a missile. It's a heat-seeking missile to the football. Charles finding someone, directing his body, and trying to run through that person. An explosive safety.
0: For some programs, maybe doesn't mean as much. For this Syracuse program, it means a lot.
1: What's up, Syracuse fans? It's Mike McAllister from allsyracuse.com, part of the Sports Illustrated Network, with episode 14 of the Believe in Syracuse podcast presented by Bet Online and Hoffman Sausage Company. With me, of course, is internet sensation Kyle F. I can't believe we're on episode 14 already. That's crazy to me. Episode
0: 14, but we're going strong. The views continue to grow. The uh, SU Football Nation continues to show us some love. Even though we have hot takes, and even though I shout into a microphone and shout about how uh, my heart
1: hurts, uh, even with that being said, we still, we're going strong. Absolutely. And we're going to, in this episode, take a deep dive into Syracuse's matchup at Virginia Tech. But before we get to that, we're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Syracuse is three and four on the season. They have lost three in a row, each of the last three games decided by three points exactly. So, Syracuse has lost their last three games by a combined nine points, each in heartbreaking fashion for different reasons. And You know, we'll 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 take a look at Virginia Tech season so far, Kyle, but this at least initially on paper looks like a game that could be uh, perhaps Syracuse's best opportunity to win a game and perhaps the the opponent that they match up the best with of the previous three.
0: I was going to say, looking at this matchup on paper and we discussed it a little bit and chatted about this, I don't see how we lose. And again, I know I've been the one who's always been like, oh, we're going to win every game. And we should be seven and oh, and we're obviously three and four, so we're not seven and oh. So I do guess things wrong, but just looking at it on paper and looking at the team and the construction and everything, I I don't get how we lose this game. I mean, it's it looks like everything should be in SU's favor in terms of especially the running game for SU and the non-existent running game for, for Virginia Tech, as well as just I don't see any positivity for this Virginia Tech team coming off a a rough twenty eight to seven slaughtering by Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah, so that that's kind of the interesting thing when when the schedule came out and you know before the season started and you're looking through it and trying to figure out how does Syracuse get to six wins uh, at least to get to a bowl game? Where are the six most reasonable opportunities? Virginia Tech was not one that I picked. Um, I thought. That Wake Forest at home was a good opportunity. I thought Clemson at home potentially was an opportunity. Uh, Boston College and Pittsburgh, those games always seem to be competitive games that, that you got a shot to win. Um, and even at Florida State, I thought it was an opportunity because Florida State still has uh, you know, it's, its set of issues. But Virginia Tech was one where I thought by the time Syracuse gets here, Virginia Tech could be ranked. They could be a decent team and you're playing there lane stadium is not an easy place to play but virginia tech and what they are this season this is a game where i think if if it was in the dome you feel really good about syracuse playing virginia tech and and the way they match up but this feels like a game where i think virginia tech if they're going to win they have to come out and probably put together their best effort of the season and for syracuse You just got to play your game and not make the stupid mistakes. And if you do that, you're going to have every opportunity to win this game. But let's let's get into why that is. And we'll start by taking a look at where Virginia Tech is. We know where Syracuse is at that three and four record. Where is Virginia Tech? They are three and three on the season, one and one in the ACC Their one ACC win was the season opener against North Carolina, 17 to 10. That put Virginia Tech into the rankings. They got as high as 15th in the country after winning their second, their week two game against middle Tennessee, 35 to 14. But we now know that North Carolina is not what we thought they were. They are just at four and three. They were supposed to be a top 10 team that competed for an ACC title. They are not that. Middle Tennessee is kind of a, a so-so team. Um, they are currently sitting at two and four on the season, so they are not a great team. Virginia Tech did blow them out, as you would expect a team to do. Then they played at West Virginia, a West Virginia team that has had its share of struggles. They are two and four as well. Virginia Tech lost at West Virginia, twenty-seven to twenty-one. Virginia, West Virginia ran for over 170 yards in that game. So there was some, some uh, rushing defense deficiencies there for the Hokies. Then the following week they play FCS Richmond and sitting at two and one, you figure this is a game where Virginia tech should have kind of an easy walk through. You blow them out, you move on to the next week. It was a 21 to 10 win for Virginia tech and it was just 14 to seven at the half. It was 14 to 10 midway through the third quarter. And neither team scored in the fourth quarter. 21 to 10, Virginia Tech beat FCS Richmond. And again, that was a game where Richmond ran for 160 yards. Virginia Tech only had 318 yards of total offense. The following week, two weeks later, I should say, they had a bye the following week. They played Notre Dame at home, and that was a game that Virginia Tech did control for large chunks of it. Um, They had a 16-14 lead midway through the third quarter. They had a 29-21 lead with three minutes to go in the game and lost 32-29. As Notre Dame scored a touchdown, got a two-point conversion with a little over two minutes to go, and then ended up kicking a field goal with 17 seconds left left To win the game. Uh, but again, Notre Dame ran for 180 yards in that game. Virginia Tech only managed 320 yards of total offense. So and so seven of, of Virginia Tech's points were from a pick six. So again, Struggling on offense, not stopping the run. You're noticing a theme here. And then last week, Virginia Tech was blown out at home by Pittsburgh, 28-7. Pittsburgh had the ball for over 38 minutes offensively in that game. Had over 200 rushing yards in that game. Virginia Tech with just 224 yards of total offense, 90 yards on the ground. Their starting quarterback Braxton Burmeister was just 11 for 32 throwing the ball. That is awful. So again, this Virginia tech team has its issues and that's where they are back-to-back losses, a heartbreaker against Notre Dame where they played pretty well for large stretches of it. And then just blown out last week against Pittsburgh. Um, Definitely up and down for Virginia tech coming into this game. Yes.
0: Uh, And Mike, can I ask a question? Did you You say the words that Virginia Tech have a problem stopping the run? Was that mentioned? Okay. Interesting. Uh, Do we know a team that has uh, a snubbed first team mid season uh, FBS uh, running back who's also should be a Heisman candidate? That was a lot of words, but do we know someone? Possibly like that, a team that might have someone, someone like who
1: might be second in the country in rushing yards, second in the country in all-purpose yards, leading the ACC in both categories, double-digit touchdowns on the season. Hmm. I, I can't think of one. Um, oh, it's the it's the it's Syracuse,
0: I believe. Oh, it's Sean Tucker. Oh, who would have thought? So, I mean, I'm going to lay the game plan out there, and we'll I know we'll get into it in a little bit, but. I've said it just about every week, uh, which I know you got, I somehow am let back on the podcast, uh, even though I'm beating the same drum every week, give the ball to Sean Tucker and good things will happen. It's almost like last week we gave the ball to Sean Tucker. He had a 54 yard run that should have resulted in a touchdown until Schrader messed it up. But outside of that, give it to Tucker. Good things happen. That's, that's generally how the game plan is. So I don't see a need to change that, <laughs> especially with Virginia Tech not being a great run defense. Um, I don't, and I know we'll say it later, I don't see why we don't do what we did against Wake Forest and crack 350 rushing yards. Um, and I'll, I'll save my one more point for later. For those
1: listeners who are here, I
0: believe week two, you know exactly what point that is, but I'll save that one for later.
1: Yeah, let's, let's get into where... Virginia Tech has struggled offensively. We'll start with uh, with that side of the ball. And, um, you know, the guy who has the ball in his hands the most is quarterback Braxton Burmeister. Uh, the the one that we just mentioned was 11 for 32, throwing the ball against Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh's defense this season has not been as good against the pass as Syracuse's has, has not been as good pressuring the quarterback as Syracuse's has. So I think that is something to be encouraged by if you're a Syracuse fan, but Burmeister does lead the team in rushing attempts and yards, but this is not a situation where he's putting up Garrett Schrader type rushing statistics where he's you know rushing for 100 yards couple touchdowns every game he has 212 rushing yards on the season 63 carries so that would be an average of 3.4 yards per carry and only two rushing touchdowns in six games keep in mind the virginia tech has only played six games this season so far not seven as they have had to it buy it's tailgating season and no one does it better than hoffman's sausage company beer bratwurst jalapeno cheddar sausage Kabasi, and bun length chicken sausage add them to the menu with classic german franks and snappy grillers and fans will go wild proudly made in new york since 1879 when you bite into a hoffman you experience a little bit of upstate history taste tells hoffman is a proud partner of syracuse university athletics but this is not a quarterback who you know uh Garrett Schrader already is is approaching double digit touchdown runs this season, despite the fact that he hasn't been the starter all year. Uh, this is not that type of a runner. He he is capable. There's no question about that. But he is not someone that um, you know is is going to in theory hurts you like uh, uh Jordan Travis did at Florida state earlier this season, even uh, Sam Hartman, a little bit for wake forest. He, he's not one of those types of guys. So, you know, I, I'm not sure whether or not Syracuse is going to spy him when, when, when they, you know, he does have some of those designed runs or, or drops back in the pocket, whether or not he can scramble, but um, you know, he's, he's struggling to throw the ball this year, only completing about, uh, 54% of his passes so far this year, six touchdowns, just three interceptions, but accuracy issues only averaging 177 passing yards per game. Um, if, if Syracuse can limit his effectiveness with his legs, I think that gives the offense, uh, the defense, a huge advantage.
0: I agree. It's just looking at this team. I don't, I'm not scared of Burmeister running the ball and their run offense. Just. It's not there. It's non-existent is the best way to put it. I mean, Schrader, as you said, has 20 – I believe he has 20 more rushes for 200-plus more yards. I don't see Burmeister hitting 10 yards a rush for the next 20 rushes he has to catch up to him. I just don't see it. Uh, Burmeister, I'm not as scared as I was, even as uh, of DJ Uyungle. Uyungle is a much bigger guy. Burmeister is 6'1", 205. He's around the same build I am that I'm not as scared of as him. I'm not as scared of him compared to As I said, Travis, Malik Willis is a heck of a lot scarier and we handled him pretty well. I, the rushing game for them, at least in what I'm looking at here is out the window. Their longest rush is 33 yards. That's yes to good rush, but Sean Tucker has about 10 of those so far already this season. I, I don't see the defense having to prioritize the rush. I think that's their third priority. I say priority one is covering the pass game. We'll get into in a second. Priority two is cover the pass game, which we'll get into a second. Uh, Priority three, scratch that. I'll make the rushing attack priority four. Priority three is keeping Burmeister in the pocket, which is saying something. that I, I don't see any need to have to block the box and stop the running game. I mean, last week, Clemson doesn't have a good running game. Theirs is a lot better than this running game is. Absolutely. Pace and Shipley are a lot scarier. Uyunglele is a lot scarier than Burmeister, but he's run for less yards this season. That should explain to you where this team is at. I I think our defense should have a field day. I say this knowing I'm probably jinxing us, but our defense should have a field day against this Virginia Tech-Hokie team.
1: Yes, and what's interesting is... Um, Virginia Tech has three running backs, three players that are going to see the majority of the carries, but there's only one player that's averaging more than 10 yards, a, a 10 attempts per game. And that's Burmeister. Uh, Raheem Blackshear is their starting running back. He has 197 yards on the, on the ground so far this season. He's only averaging about 3.7 yards per carry. He leads the team with four touchdowns. And then Jalen Holston, he has uh 46 carries On the season, so he's only averaging you know about eight eight carries a game. Um, He's averaging less than four yards a carry. um, Only has one touchdown. So again, their three primary ball carriers are all averaging under four yards per carry. That should be a rushing attack that, given um, what Syracuse defense has done so far this season, that you should be able to have success against. And I think it does set up that way. The guy I think that Syracuse has to worry about the most on virginia tech's offense is trey turner their, their wide receiver six two junior um averaging over 16 yards a carry leads the team in receptions in receiving yards he only has one touchdown on the season part of that is not because he lacks talent but it's because they have struggled to throw the football braxton burmeister has been inconsistent has had some accuracy issues but if if he can figure it out at different points, even make a couple of throws, Trey Turner is a guy that can hurt you down the field. He's got some length to him so he can make plays on some jump ball opportunities. He is someone that I think Syracuse has to try to find a way to limit his impact on the game because I do think he is their most dynamic offensive player.
0: He is their most dynamic offensive player. Um, but we saw it last week against Clemson who... A note to Trey Turner, he's not nada and he's not Justin Ross. I think we can agree to the talent level there that he might be good. He might be great. He's not the same level as those two who are both NFL talent levels. And we held those two. I mean, we, we pretty much held them up last week. Uh, the d- defense just played lights out, but their best receiver last week, Ross, had 51 yards. I, I don't see why we don't have a similar game that's like that. In all honesty, I mean him and Ross. Ross is a little bit bigger. Ross is 6'4", Turner's uh, Turner is six two. But still, I, if you're the Syracuse team, you're going to put him on an island. You're going to force him to play against Chestnut or hopefully a healthy Garrett Williams. You could even have a you have safety help over the top. I mean, there is a lot you can do against him to stop him. And if the attack revolves around him entirely, I guarantee, hopefully, Dino Baber's was, if say one good pass happens on a 30 yard catch, immediately Baber says, okay, we'll shadow a second guy over to him. And then all of a sudden, what's going to happen? He's not going to do anything. That our best, the best part of our defense is Williams, Chestnut, Cole as the DBs. They should be able to stop Turner, they should be able to keep him to, Realistically, under a hundred yards. That would be if what I personally would be aiming for. If I'm then, I mean, you look at his game log for the season. He's only cracked a hundred once. He's cracked a hundred once, and it was against Richmond. So, am I nervous about him destroying us? Not really. I I I should be because of his yards per catch, but just looking at it, I mean, he's only had a hundred yards once this season. That's not. Scary. I
1: I'm not I'm not scared of that. And here's here's the other thing with that is you've got um, now Garrett Williams went out in the Clemson game and we don't know what his status is, but uh, he has not been ruled out as far as we know. Um, So if he plays, then you've got him or Deuce Chestnut on Turner basically all the time. And you feel pretty good if you're a Syracuse fan on that, especially because Syracuse has done, they've been one of the best FBS teams in the country in terms of limiting explosive plays um, for whoever they're playing. And that has continued, even despite the fact that Wake Forest had some big plays against Syracuse and they scored 40 points. um, Even though that went into overtime, Syracuse's defense has still done a tremendous job at limiting those big plays. And So, given the fact you've got a quarterback that's struggling, Syracuse is really good at getting after the quarterback, uh, I think that plays to their favor. Now, one thing I did want to note about Virginia Tech's offense, part of the reason that they have struggled as much as they have, is in their week two win over Middle Tennessee State, their starting tight end, James Mitchell, who had been a primary focus of their passing attack, one of their their top guys to that point. He went out kind of early in that game. Um, And he was also a very good run blocking tight end. So his absence has hurt them in two facets. He really did, he's very athletic. And so he opened up a lot of things because he puts pressure on opposing defenses over the middle. And that doesn't allow you to focus on some of their outside weapons, but then his ability to run block has also hurt uh, their rushing attack. So he's out for the year with with the injury that he suffered in week two, but uh, there has been a noticeable drop in production from Virginia Tech's offense since he has been hurt. Flipping over to the other side of the ball, where Virginia Tech has been good this season is defensively. Uh, They are only giving up 20.1 yards per game only allowing 354 yards of offense to their opponents so far this season Um, turnovers wise, they're kind of similar to Syracuse just forcing over just uh, slightly more than one per game, but uh, they've been really good defensively on third down only allowing teams to convert 30.1% of their third down conversions. But Um, there's a few players that we want to bring to your attention and, um, I think it starts with their defensive backs. They are one of the best teams in the ACC in, um, their passing defense. I think Syracuse and Virginia tech are either one, two or two, three in, in that area. Um, in, in terms of ACC rankings and they're giving up less than 200 yards per game. There's two reasons for that. One is Nasir Peoples who leads the team in tackles. And the other is Jermaine Waller, who is just a playmaking ball hawking defensive back leads the team with four interceptions in six games, almost one per game. Those two guys are are players that even though Syracuse doesn't throw the ball a lot, they're going to have to know where they are, where they are at all times so that they're not making plays and forcing turnovers.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you're, This SU team, you got to keep it to a minimum. This has to be a zero turnover game. As you said, uh, Waller, you've got Connor as well as the DB, as well as Peoples, who you also mentioned. The three of them all doing really dang well as DBs tackling guys. Their DB room probably matches us in terms of it being their strength on their defense. But, again, is our pass attack the strongest part of our game? It's not. We're not going to be passing the ball all the time. There's going to be less chances for Strader to throw a pick. I mean, the one he threw last week was, as you said last week, it was it was a legitimate error. He has not made many of those errors yet. He made a legitimate error and threw a pick, but that's the only one we've seen from him so far. Of a oh, that's a bad throw, and it scares me less. But while we're having four picks tied for first, I believe in the ACC in interceptions. Uh, he has one pick six as well um, that it, it is scary, but I'm not as scared because our team is less reliant on the pass attack. If this is a DeVito or Dungy at QB, I'd be more nervous because again, our team is going to focus on passing the ball And at that point. I would expect two or three picks in this game, but because we don't like focus on it, I would guess Schrader might throw on this game, but I would not expect it to be multiple. And if it is multiple,
1: something went wrong with Dino. Yeah, the the other guy in their secondary uh, to to keep an eye on is Chamari Connor. He leads the team in pass breakups. Um, on the defensive line, they've got a they have several guys um, who have done a good job pressuring the quarterback this year. But there's a couple um, specifically that I want to mention. One is um, Taiwan Garbett, who leads the team with three sacks. Um, he does a nice job at, at rushing the quarterback and Amari Barno, who has two and a half sacks but he also leads the team with six quarterback hurries. So he's a guy that's going to be coming off the edge, has a six, 245 pound long frame. He's experienced uh, when Syracuse does drop back to pass, they're going to have to make sure that, that they've, they know where he is lined up. You might have to chip him a little bit, either with the back or the tight end to try to make sure that you give Garrett Schrader enough time. But those are two guys that, Syracuse has to keep an eye on because they're going to be doing everything they can to get after Garrett Schrader on passing downs.
0: Yeah. This is going to be a game where you have to protect Schrader, keep him safe because as you said, Barno big, big guy and Garbett as well. The D uh, D line, he's six, one He's not as big as six, six, however big that guy was, but Garbett is still strong. He's got three sacks. Uh, He's tied for first in their team in terms of that. I would expect a lot of this game, though, for Virginia Tech's defense to revolve around their linebacker core. That that is what looks on paper like a very strong group. Again, I wouldn't say as strong as the DB unit is, but for them, it's you've got Holofield, and we'll discuss in a second, uh, who is their third leading tackler, Tisdale as well. Holofield is tied for first with Bar- Garbit for three sacks this season. Uh, so their, their general defense is strong. As you said, they don't give a lot of points, but they haven't, they don't have a great run defense, nothing special. So if I mess you, I don't have to
1: protect Trader If I hand the ball to Sean Tucker, look at that. I solved the problem. Right. And, and that's, that's why, uh, you know, Dax, Dax Holyfield, who you mentioned third on the team in tackles, uh, number one on the team in tackles for loss, as you mentioned, tied for the team lead with sacks. Uh, so he does a little bit of everything for them, but he is not a solo tackle guy. He is a gang tackle tackle contribute guy. Uh, he only has 15 solo tackles on the team, uh, which is like seventh or eighth, which is crazy for a guy who's third on the team in total tackles. So you combine uh, solo and assisted tackles. So he's he's got a bunch of assisted tackles this season. But he does do a good job of getting into the backfield. So if you can neutralize him and try to keep him out of Sean Tucker's way uh, so that when he gets to the second level, he doesn't have to deal with him. I think that gives Syracuse a, a great chance to break off some long runs in this game. That's why you have to make sure you know where he is. And then Alan Tisdale, as you mentioned, second on the team in solo tackles. He's another guy who can make some open field tackles, um, has a couple of tackles for loss this season, um, but also a good pass rusher with three quarterback hurry. So, um, you know, I I think there's going to be opportunities for Syracuse uh, in this game, but those are a couple of the guys uh, to keep an eye on in this game if Syracuse is going to have success. The next place I wanted to go was strength versus weakness. And we've kind of outlined it a little bit in this game, but we'll start with Syracuse's rushing attack against Virginia Tech's run defense. Virginia Tech has struggled against the run. We've outlined that they are um, giving up over 156 yards per game to their opponents. The opponents are rushing for almost four and a half yards of carry, which is the big thing. So despite the fact that Virginia tech has 16 sacks this season, almost three per game, 87 yards that have come out of teams rushing uh, totals from those sacks and teams are still averaging almost four and a half yards of carry on them. That tells you they are very, very vulnerable against a run. And we know Syracuse's rushing attack is one of, if not the best, in the ACC. There is a huge opportunity for that zone read RPO action that Syracuse likes to run with Schrader and Tucker. If their offensive line has a good day blocking, they're going to have a lot of holes to run through in this one. Oh, big time. I mean, you
0: look at, you said they've got four and a half yards of carry, essentially, the Virginia Tech team. Tucker averages a little over six. Trader averages a little over five. Heck, even Jarvion Howard averaged 11. Like this, this rushing attack is strong for SU. I, we have said it week in, week out, every episode we have that right now, if I'm, if I am Dino Babers, I'm only putting one thing on the screen, and that is that. Schrader-Tucker combo of just Schrader, RPO, either you take it, Tucker takes it, or quick pass, get it, just keep going, keep going. You're looking for the run every time, but if you need it, pass the ball off. Good, fine with me, whatever. That this rushing attack is so potent for SU. It is so potent. And there is nothing that will stop Sean Tucker in this game. I, again... I said it a few weeks ago. I said it in one of the first episodes. The FBS record for rushing yards in a game is 427 by Samadji Piran. I Would I be shocked if Tucker breaks it in this game? Yes. But also, would I? Not really. That if he, if he cracks 200, that's a good day for him. And his tweet afterwards will be electric. So I would not he be shocked. He pleased if, with his performance. He would be pleased with the performance, but he could have done more if we lose. But he won't have to say that because you're going to win this game. And he's going to have over 200 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. Schrader will have 100 and a touchdown or two, hopefully, as well. That this should be a run first, run second, run third, possibly run fourth, possibly pass fourth offense.
1: That's what this should be. And spoiler alert, you just gave away your prediction. So now we just lost half the audience because they're not sticking around at the end, but I didn't give a total. there. I, didn't I will, give a total. I will, I will allow that faux pas to go. For now, But uh, that's why first, first down is so important in this game, I think, for Syracuse offensively, because you want to get into second and third down situations where you have the option to keep running the ball instead of getting into second and eight, second and nine, or even third and long situations. Uh, the other area where Syracuse has an advantage here is their passing defense against Virginia Tech's passing offense. We have outlined this about the struggles of Braxton Burmeister with his accuracy issues. Just 11 for 32 last week averaging only 177 passing yards per game on the season. He hasn't turned it over a ton, but he also hasn't thrown a lot of touchdowns. Uh, They've got Trey Turner, who he outlined as a playmaker, but he has not put up huge monster yards so far this season. Uh, Syracuse is the best passing defense in the ACC. There's an opportunity here again for Syracuse to have a, a really nice day shutting down Virginia tech's passing offense. And especially if they can get pressure on Braxton Burmeister, you could have an opportunity for perhaps some more turnovers than they've had in previous games.
0: I, I would hope this game, SU turns the ball over. I would, or gets the ball turned over by Virginia tech. Let me say it that way, that I, I hope we see a deuce chestnut pick. I hope we see a fumble recovery or two. I hope we see Mikel Jones, Marlo ax, one of these linebackers getting a pick as well. I mean, this was like the game that, we finally should see turnovers happen. The defense finally forces some turnovers. Because as you said, 11 for 32, not great passing the ball by Burmeister. I mean, that's what you throw you're throwing Hail Marys and Madden every pass. That's about what you get. So, that is doing that in the game, and it feels like his only target is Trey Turner, who's not caught the ball a crazy amount this season, only 25 catches. I... I hope the SUDB room goes into this game saying I want like three turnovers. I want three picks. I want to come out of this game with with a golden sombrero, maybe even four. Like I, this, again, I feel like we say it every week of like, oh, this side of the ball should do everything. It'll be a great game for them. This feels like it. It feels like almost, and I'm not saying it's a gimme, but it feels like this team finally this week should just, it should all click that this should be when it clicks for them. Finally, that, These games now, they're getting to the point where these games are must-wins. These aren't the, oh, we can lose a game here or there now. No, no, no. We need to win games for going to a bowl game. I mean, if we're being realistic in terms of what I still got to do, we're three and four right now with five games to go. You have Tech, BC, Louisville, NC State, Pitt. You've got to win at least three of those, you'd assume, to get to a bowl game. You can't realistically lose against your Tech. You shouldn't lose to Louisville or BC – And the NC State and Pitt game are going to be tough. So you've got to win this game. This is a must win. And the the best way to must win.
1: The problem is if if you lose this game, as you said, then you have to go three and one down the stretch if you're going to get to six and six. Now, there is an outside chance that if you get to five and seven – some five and seven teams could end up going to a bowl game. You could get in that way, but you shouldn't count on that. You, you don't want to have to do that, right? So if you want to get to six and six, you don't want to lose this game and have to go three and one down the stretch, um, especially coming off of four game losing streaks. So that, that is definitely an excellent point. One area where Virginia tech has a significant advantage on Syracuse and This goes back to, if you're Syracuse, you go back to the first point that we had with Syracuse's strength against Virginia Tech's weakness, their rushing attack against Virginia Tech's uh, rushing defense. You hope that this doesn't come into play because of how successful you are in that other area. But Syracuse's weakness offensively is their ability to throw the ball and the inconsistency or accuracy issues of Garrett Schrader. Virginia Tech is right up there with Syracuse in terms of one of the best pass defenses in the ACC. And they have forced seven interceptions this season four led by Jermaine Waller, but seven as a team. So again, turnovers are always key, but that's an area where when you do get into second and third and, and long situations, not only are you trying to get the first down, obviously, but you got to be smart about it. Yeah. You need to be
0: smart about it. And we cannot see more of those, big Sean Tucker runs next play Garrett Schrader picks. We cannot see that anymore. That again, as we've said, that was a mistake by Schrader, but if we see that in this game, it's not going to go well for us. That if that starts happening, you've got a problem that this game plan has to shift and understand that this DB room is strong, that peoples and Waller and Connor are all really good DDs that I would, as you said, put this up with SU's DB room in terms of just they're really good at like stopping the pass. So, what do you do? You take care of the ball passing it. You don't go for the uh, scramble, throw it across your body, Mahomes style it. It's not going to work, Trader. I mean, that's what that play was where he threw a pick after Sean Tucker's run. It was a bad mistake, a bad spot to throw the ball, and it, it they capitalized. They picked it off. I mean, if that, that's going to happen this game, and that's what scares me, is when it happens, where? Is it going to happen after a Sean Tucker two-yard run and we're still in tech territory? We're still, we're still in our territory, and they pick it off and return it? Waller can do that. He's had a pick six this season. You have to just hope that this game, there is no interception from Schrader. I would expect one to happen, but you've got to hope there's none.
1: And, and breaking news: Garrett Schrader is not Patrick Mahomes, so we want to make sure that we alert all of our listeners to that. Yes. fact. sadly, but, he is not. So you know, we that the that's a perfect transition to the the last topic before we get to our predictions, which is the penalties and turnovers and you mentioned the turnovers uh syracuse's ability to run the ball on first down and pick up yards to keep them in second and manageable and when they do get to third down on third and short instead of being forced to throw the ball that's why that is so key to limit those situations and then if you get into a second and two second and three situations you can be a little bit more creative with some play actions some rollouts and and try to make those throws a little bit easier for schrader a little bit higher percentage so he's not having to force balls into tight coverage i think that's where syracuse has an opportunity to try to limit um the chances of of turning the ball over in this game the running game is going to be key but penalty yardage is is it's been an issue for syracuse at different points this season after the albany game they've done a pretty good job cleaning it up there they did tick up to um a, a few more against clemson But when you look at the penalty yards and you just compare the two teams, Syracuse is averaging 61 a game and Virginia Tech about half that at 33. So Virginia Tech is not a team that's going to hurt themselves a lot with penalties, which means Syracuse, especially offensively, you can't commit stupid penalties to put yourself in first and 15, first and 20 situations. And then defensively, when you make stops, when you get the the defense off the field on third down, you cannot extend drives for an offense that's struggling to move the ball and struggling to score. I think if Syracuse gets two turnovers, they win this game, they win the turnover battle, and they limit uh, the impact of penalties, at least from their side of things. I think that puts Syracuse in a great position. Yeah. I mean, the way SU loses this game is, as you said, if we give them
0: a gimme, if you give them a DPI, if you, if you give them on a third down, a holding, a defensive holding, or if you, again, pass interference or hands to the face something, that's how we lose the game. Extending a drive an extra couple of plays for them. That they're a struggling offense, but at some point every offense gets a gimme and they go for a touchdown with it. That it, all it takes is one to happen on a drive and they extend it and they keep going. Our defense is really dang good. Jones, Wax, Williams, Chestnut. Great defensive players, a great defense with them. But if you give up penalties here or there, just a little ticky tacks, it adds up later that two on a drive mean a touchdown or three on a drive mean a touchdown. But if you hold it to zero, that's a good day. And then on the offensive side of the ball, again, they're rushing, they're rushing the passer. They have 16 sacks on the year. We cannot have holding calls that extra five, 10 yards. It hurts. It hurts because we see we have seen many Sean Tucker runs get pulled back. A lot of those 20-yarders pulled back because someone's holding. He doesn't need the massive amount of space. He's one of the best running backs in college football. You don't have to hold to get him the space he needs because he knows how to get the space. He'll be good. Our offensive line is good enough to do that without having to hold. So please, please, I am praying, surveys and all of you, do not hold. That is just all we're asking. A good game. No holds. If there's no
1: holds this game, I will jump for joy. I will jump for joy. And the officials owe Syracuse something on holding after the Florida State game. So oh, hopefully, hopefully hopefully that will be in there. But let's, let's wrap this up with predictions. Let's get yours first, Kyle, before I get into mine.
0: As I said, and I kind of spoiled it earlier, I, I think this game should be an SU blowout. I think we should. This should be a game we should go in to Virginia Tech's house and we should blow them out. That's what should – I'm saying should because that's what I want to happen. Do I think it's going to happen? Maybe not. Do I want it to happen? Obviously. That I think we see a Sean Tucker hat trick. I think we see a brace from Garrett Schrader. I think we see a passing touchdown too. Just add that in there. Chuck it in there. See so three three stranded touchdowns. One three Sean Tucker touchdowns. I think we see six across the board. I think SU puts up forty-five. I think we get a, a Schmidt field goal in there, a nice forty-yarder. Get up some confidence back. Uh Forty-five for SU, and this defense I think should play really well. I think because Tech's at home, it gives them an extra touchdown. I I I'm going SU forty-five, Tech twenty-one. Uh, 21 points seems about right for what this team could do. They don't score a lot, as we know, but they'll get a touchdown here or there. And being at home does help that.
1: That is quite a prediction. Um, I'm not going to quite go Doing that large here. margin of victory. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go Syracuse 31, Virginia Tech 20. Um, I think – For a lot of the reasons that you mentioned, I like that what Syracuse has is an advantage in their rushing attack against the Virginia Tech defense. And I think with the struggles of Virginia Tech's offense, that that gives Syracuse an excellent opportunity to have a really strong game on that side of the ball. Uh, Syracuse does get a couple of turnovers in this game. And I think you see a really strong all-around performance all three phases. And Syracuse ends their three-game losing streak to get to four and four on the season. That'll do it for this, for this episode number 14 of the Believe in Syracuse podcast, presented by Bet Online and Hoffman Sauce's Company. For Kyle F. I'm Mike McAllister, and we'll see you next time. Peace.